And for this episode, I am joined by my very good friend, Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Angie. Thanks for the <laughs> invite. I'm, I'm kind of honored to be one of your first guests here. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time today and the extra time to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Working out the kinks together. Troubleshooting together on our podcast podcast is that, great. That kind of sums up our relationship though, right? Haven't we always yeah. been troubleshooting together? That's a good summary right there. That is that is true. That is true. Um so uh I like I would like to start uh, my podcast on um when I have a guest on talking about how we met. And so the purpose uh for that is for people that are listening to know how we met and second of all I think that um, sometimes people have little uh, differences in stories um, and so those um, perceptions um, can affect relationships and so I find it interesting to explore that so can you tell me how we met yeah, speaking of perceptions, I, I never quite remember. Was it you that was dancing on the bar or was it me that went that first night we met? I forget <laughs> that part. <laughs> I uh, wish it was that exciting. I wish it was that exciting. Yeah, it's, in comparison, it was kind of boring, but uh, but the payoff was worth it for sure. So I, I we had a mutual friend. Um, I work in event planning. I help my clients find the perfect hotel for the meeting or event. And you were planning events for your company at the time. And so this mutual friend of ours knew what I did and made an introduction. And it was an email introduction. We exchanged a few emails back and forth and I tried to get a meeting with you. But at the time, you were already working with someone who did what I did, what I do. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you were hesitant to take the meeting. You were very courteous and very kind, but you politely declined taking the meeting. And I just wouldn't give up. And so one day I was I had meetings in Miami and I was in the vicinity of your office and I decided to get a coffee across the street from your office and call you and say, hey, I'm downstairs, uh, you know, no time like the present. If you have five minutes for coffee, come on down and meet me. We can finally put faces to names. And uh, you were, I think you either surrendered or, or you were you, you were you were kind enough just to just to pay me the courtesy. But you came downstairs and we had a brief chat about work. You reiterated that uh, you were working with someone already, and I said, "Listen, I understand that. If there's ever a time where you do need my services, let me know." And as fate would have it, it was a few weeks later that you had gotten into a pickle with this other yeah. person you were working with, and you needed to to get out of it. And you called me to see if I could help. And so you came to my rescue. <laughs> I, 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 I take that as a huge compliment. That's, that's the you way did. You of, came to my rescue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, and that kind of started our working relationship. But I also think, you know, within my job, in my profession, I love working with friends. I think that, you know, having the basis of, or people at least you like and, and like to be around, right? It doesn't have to be your friend that you hang out with, but at least people yeah. you enjoy. And I think yeah. one of the pleasurable things about working with you, Angie, is that from the, the get-go, like we just had a great chemistry together. You were awesome. You had great, easy to talk to. I think, you know, <laughs> there were probably, I don't know, a dozen times where I'd call to talk about a piece of business for five minutes that we were working on together and it would turn into a 45 minute long conversation about life. And we oh, would just, yeah. you know, we just pick each other's brain and, and bend each other's ears about things that were going on. So I always felt fortunate that I come to you as a friend 
And yeah. you know, we uh, we did business together, but it was always great to count you as a friend first, I think, and associate later, you know, associate second, I should say. Yeah. No, that that is um, that's uh, m- more or less that is exactly how I recall it. Um, I I was gonna go with the story of us dancing on the bar, but that happened much later. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of our other yeah. meetings. That was way later. We did that. Later. We did that much later down the road. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> We had plenty of those nights. Now, we interestingly, did, yeah, interestingly, when um, when you and I met, um, I happened to still be married at the time. Right, um, I remember that. Yeah, and I, you know, it was it was it was bumpy uh, or rocky or whatever the word would be to describe what I was going through at the time. Um, but I think you you were already divorced. You had been divorced a little while. Um, and so, um, you know, we, like you said, we always call, we talked about business maybe two minutes and then spent, always spent like 45 minutes to an hour after that talking about our lives. And so, um, yeah, I found that to be very interesting that we would always do that. We'd just end up talking about what was going on in our life. And at the time I had a lot going on, which... Uh, I felt bad for you because I think I leaned on you a little bit more in the beginning than, than I, than I, you know, was there for, for you. Cause you had kind of, you had a, a um, a, like a mutual kind of, you know, tranquil divorce separation, if you will. I'm guessing, I don't know, because I never heard a lot of drama on your end, but yeah. so tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. Like you were already divorced. How long? How long were you divorced at that point? So I had been divorced. We, we met, I think, in 2013 or so. Um, I had been separated yeah. for five years. Uh, oh, there you go. For probably, divorced for probably three at that point, I think. It took a while for for us to finalize yeah. the paperwork. And, I mean, there was no never any drama from the standpoint. Once we separated, we knew we were not getting back together. There wasn't like a test period to see if we were going to get back together. But we were just, yeah. you know, negligent on getting the paperwork done. Um, but yeah, so I, I was separated or at least single outside of my marriage uh, for for since 2007 is when that yeah. relationship came to a close. But we had two kids together, my ex-wife and I. And so obviously there were two very important reasons to keep things civil. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was drama free. There was definitely moments of tension there. I think anytime you're breaking up in a relationship, that's especially one that, you know, that, that you committed with marriage, um, you know, any relationship's tough to leave. Not, I mean, not to say everyone, but many relationships, let's say, are tough to leave when you have yeah. kids involved even more so. But, you know, I, I always found that my kids were two very big motivating reasons for me to stay cordial with my ex-wife. And we, yeah, you know, me too. Eye to eye. Yeah, I think you can relate to that, right? It's, 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 there's, they don't need to see the drama. We, we were pretty clear from the beginning when we did separate, we sat the kids down and said, look, you know, this has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with yeah. the fact that mom and dad just, you know, reached an end of our, our, our marriage relationship, but we're always going to be partners in raising you and we're going to love you the same. And, um, so yeah, we, we try to keep the drama down to a minimum. There's been ebbs and flows of drama within that relationship for, for you know, since we broke up, or probably even before that, I guess, is probably the reason why we broke up is there's too many drama ebbs and flows. But um, but yeah, we, we try to keep it cordial. Angie, I lost you again. 
Can you hear me? Now I got you. There you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry about that. We're having technical glitches here. Yeah. So I think it started that way too, out the gate, I remember. And then um, I had plenty of drama, but, um, but it, I mean, you know, it was, it was, I guess it was more so drama with, it wasn't anything between us really, like me and my ex, it was more so drama in my ex's life. And so then once we got past that, the, all those hurdles, uh, my kids were, my kid was older too. Um, yeah. When I got separated, cause Vince was a, a teenager already. He was like 14 going on 15. Yeah. Your kids were a little bit younger. I remember. Yeah, um, yeah, and so I honestly, I think a lot of people hold on to that, like hold on to something, I guess, for the sake of their kids. And everybody has their own opinion and their own experience on that. And I think, you know, and I, I also believe things happen the way they happen for the for a reason. So I wouldn't change anything the way it went down for me, per se. But I do think that when they're younger, I think it's, I think... I don't know. My perception would be that it's a little easier for them to kind of like handle or deal with or something. I don't yeah, know. I guess every situation is unique. I would say, I think, you know, some, some kids, I don't know. I've seen kids in the teenage years get like sideswiped and they expect their mom and dad to be together forever. And yeah. Teenage years. I've seen kids who are younger have much difficult, you know, much more difficult problem. I think it's yeah. the reason why I did everything I could to try and keep it civil. Um, and separate the problems I had with their mom from any problem yeah. I would ever have with them. It has nothing to do with them. Um, but right. yeah, you're right. It does impact kids in different ways. I, you know, you referenced yeah. something though about hanging on for your kids though. And I, I think each situation is different and it's hard to make blanket statements about everything. But I think it right. can be really damaging sometimes to stay in a bad relationship for the sake of your kids, for anyone else really, but for the sake of your kids, because kids aren't dumb. They see through facades. They see through unhappiness. And yeah, uh, totally. many times, you know, I think you can be a more healthy person. If you're in a bad relationship, you can be healthier outside of that and still loving and paying attention to your kids. You know, the dynamic changes and interactions day to day, sometimes you know, there's, there's obviously dynamics of who sees the kids when. But um, I think if you do it honorably and you leave the relationship with dignity, that can be even a, a better sign to your kids that sometimes relationships just come to an end and yeah. new chapters are started and you can use it as a healthy way um, to demonstrate to kids how you can leave with dignity and how you can still treat others with dignity through a breakup, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that because I think um, my my son has told me the same thing, you know, he's like, uh, later on, right? Like after processing you know, and after some time, he basically realized, you know, you, I, he's even said it, you know, I, I realized that you guys are much better apart, you know, than you, uh, not that we weren't good together. It's just, you know, he, he acknowledged it, that we are, yeah. you know, we're just at, at that juncture in our life. Like we were just better being apart and, yeah, you yeah. know, we've never, I've never changed my feelings for my son and, you know, I have a relationship with him that I pretty much have always had. If anything, it brought me closer to him. So yeah. I think it was, uh, it was, it all works out. You know, I, I think, uh, I think things always happen for a reason. And so, um, I guess I believe in destiny, right. In that sense, but yeah. So, yeah. um, 
So tell me about how you found um, it to be after having been in a marriage or relationship for a decent while and having two kids and all of that. How was it for you entering into like singledom in the new like this new it's it's interesting for us right i i lump you into my age even though i'm older than you but um it's interesting for us because back in the day we could say that we we were at um an age where we had relationships with people before the internet yeah and so um we're on that interesting um grouping or age of people that we went through the whole internet thing it's a very and, gentle way um, to say we're old angie well done yeah. i know okay so this is another way of me saying that we're old as hell okay that's right well you, yeah, you, were so, you were so delicate you were so delicate yeah i'm trying, I'm trying to be nice jeremy and not say that we're old but um <laughs> but anyway no so i found it like i found being single again like after you get over the whole hump of, okay, I don't have to deal with the issues that I was having in my relationship when I was married, that freedom, right? That initial like, wow, okay, so I can just, I can sit here and do whatever I want or I don't have to have dinner ready or I don't have to answer to someone or I don't have to explain why I bought an, you know, a purse or shoes or a blouse, which I'm sure for men, it's a little different. Like you don't have to explain why you want to sit on the couch Sunday and watch the game, you know, and right. not have to mow the lawn or whatever, if you don't want to. So right. not that I want to put stereotypes into, um, into male or female, but you know what I mean? So I hear you. Yeah. How Either way, it, you have how... a certain amount of freedom that you didn't have yeah. beforehand. Yeah. And then when you were ready to like, you were like, okay, well, I think I could hit the ground running now and kind of like, I want to go out with people or I want to meet people or, or I don't know, maybe you're like with me, it was always my friends wanted to set me up like right away. It was really kind yeah. of funny. Um, yeah. But like I was married for 18 years in the same relationship for 20. And so it was kind of weird. I, I equated a little bit to like stepping out into like an apocalyptic change where the world is a different place. Yeah, and so how, how was it for you? Well, I don't know the world's a different place as much as we get stuck in a place in our lives where we have a harder time dealing with change. At least that's the way I found it. I think, you know, uh, you know, technology changes, you have Tinder versus, you know, uh, you know, versus meeting people at uh, speed dating events or whatever the case is, right? But I think that the challenge is that you get to a certain place in your own mind and in your head that you envision the world a certain way and now you have to deal with it in, on new terms, you know? Um, right. And so... I think for me, beyond the shock of, uh, shock is probably the wrong word, but beyond dealing with the fallout of, of a marriage that had ended, um, you know, I think there was probably a little bit of too much eagerness on my part to jump back into a relationship without having healed some of the things that needed to be healed in order to get ready for the next relationship. Um, the first relationship that was substantial that I was in was very shortly after I had got separated. Um, and, you know, I started hearing some of the same complaints from my girlfriend at the time um, mm -hmm. that my ex-wife was saying to me. She would level the same kind of criticism against me, my personality and things that I would do that I had kind mm -hmm. of evaded and ran away from with my, my ex-wife. And then here I am with my girlfriend and she's telling me the same thing. And so there was a certain part of me that I think, you know, 
I, I probably rushed into dating a little too quickly without taking some time to reflect on what I really wanted. Keep in mind, I got married relatively young. I was, I don't know how young you got married, but um, I was 24 years old. I came from a pretty religious background, so I didn't do a ton of dating prior to that. It was almost like you find, you know, you're going to find your soulmate, and you're going to marry that person as soon as you find them. And so, yeah. you know, I, 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 kind of I wasn't well prepared I hadn't perhaps gone through the changes that were the the the, um, the process I think to be ready for a relationship that I found myself yeah. in later in life part of that's just growing up I don't think that you know nothing something's only time can can give you um yeah. but the other part of it I think was I just didn't have much experience dating or seeing other people or or you know, having a ton of experience prior to getting married. So that didn't change when I got out of the marriage. I, I got out of the marriage and suddenly I'm like, I don't really know how to have a relationship here. Um, right. So anyway, I don't, that's probably a, a long winding answer to your question, but. Um, no, I no. I mean, go ahead. that's relevant. Yeah. Like, did you jump right into it? And, and uh, it's interesting because I, you know, because I met you after, you know, after a while, so I don't know what your initial, you know, after you got divorced. I mean, when I met you, you were already divorced. And so yeah. I got married similar. I got married at 26 and um, I had my son at 28. So it was all, you know, compared to today, I think a lot of people are, are tend to wait a little bit longer today. Like I have a lot of friends that are under 30 or people that I know um, that are like, you know, under 30 that don't, um, don't even have relationships ongoing. Like they haven't even, they haven't really even had, like they may have had one long-term relationship, but marriage and children and stuff is not even part of the equation yet. And then here we were, you know, you at 24 and me at 26 already married. And so it's, it was, that's why I say it's different. It's interesting. Um, especially coming out of that and hitting like, a different um, scenario, you know, with this whole like online dating thing. And it's such a big deal now. Like I remember when I met my ex-husband, it was a blind date. Like I was set up by one of his students. And it's a funny story because, you know, I was friends with the student's mom and the kid would come home every day from school. And if I was hanging out with his mom, he would tell me like, you're perfect for my English teacher and all this stuff. And it was funny because I was like, I do not want to go out with an English teacher. And, and it was hilarious. So we met very, I mean, I guess we, for the time, right. It wasn't even organic yeah. because like a blind date for me at the time was so weird because I was like, I can't do a blind date. I mean, I'd heard of blind dates, but I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, like I got to meet somebody and talk to them with, uh, like for a little while to realize if I have like connection or chemistry or whatever. Yeah. So the people that I had met before my ex-husband, I met them either at work, you know, someone through work or like a, a friend of a friend of a family member or something, you know, I Juanito, you got to meet Juanito, you know? And it was like, I really don't want to meet Juanito, but here I am talking to Juanito. <laughs> and, little, you know? and so it's like, um, it's just, it was so different, you know, um, from going online and th- like that whole experience. I don't know if you, did you do that? Did you do online dating? 
Yeah, no, I was I was uh, probably right on the cusp of when online dating started. Well, I shouldn't say that because I was single for, gosh, seven years before I found my current wife um, and started dating her. Well, I shouldn't say <laughs> I found her, but, uh, like, but there, was, there, there was a seven year gap between. Did you, find your, did you find your you found your current wife on the internet, Jeremy? <laughs> I did actually. I did not. No, I did not. Although they don't laugh. Many people do. Many people do. It um, sounds funny the way that that came out. It just sounded really funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. But I guess what I'm saying is there was probably a time where I was dating and in the dating world where online dating was a thing, and I just I never yeah. did it. Like I, I contemplated doing right. it once or twice, but I never quite jumped in. Um, but anyway, you know, I think one of the things, the mistakes that I made when I did leave my marriage or we, we you know, ended our marriage was that the next, I, I kind of felt this uh, feeling of failure. Like I, I had failed once. I'm not well, going to fail too. again. Yeah. And so yeah. I think there was an instinct in my next relationship. It was wrong for so many reasons. I mean, it was right for a few reasons and wrong for double that amount. And yet I did yeah. everything I could to try and make it work and force a square peg into a round hole because I was yeah. determined not to fail again, you know? And I didn't give myself the grace or the time to just kind of chill out, settle in, date a little bit, not be so aggressively searching for the next thing to try and prove that I could make a relationship work. And that was something that I had to learn the hard way. Probably part of the reason why I had to learn the hard way is that girl ended up breaking up with me and I was so committed to try and making it work, almost masochistic in that sense. I was like, I'm gonna make this thing work regardless. And it was so wrong. And she broke up with me and broke my heart because I'm like, you know, and now I, I kind of felt like a sec I, I failed again, right? And yeah. I didn't have I didn't have any grace with myself to kind of give myself some space just to kind of like let loose a little bit and not put that pressure on myself to be in a, in a committed relationship. And, and try and make something work so hard. You know, ironically enough, and I'm fast forwarding a little bit, when I finally did settle down uh, after several years of dating and, and not having success with finding a partner, the point that I was ready to settle down was when I gave up on settlement down. The point that I yeah. found a relationship that worked is when I said, screw Isn't this, I yeah. don't need to, I don't need to be with anybody. And that's kind of when I settled in, I, it was a lot less pressure to find somebody and the relationship kind of happened organically from that standpoint. So. I yeah, it's, it's funny how that works. It really is. I think sometimes the more you chase, what do they say? You chase a butterfly and it'll always fly away from you. But when you just sit down peacefully in the pasture, they'll come up and sit on your lap, you know? Um, and that's, yeah. there's, there's something to be said for that kind of principle where you're, you're not aggressively chasing or trying so hard. You're just letting life come to you. Yeah. I had an interesting experience too, similarly, after I got um, separated and divorced. Um, I've always considered myself a relationships person. Like I didn't really embrace singledom like a lot of people do when they break away from uh, a marriage, whether it's, you know, good and just ended or bad and toxic, you know, this whole like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to catch up on wasted time. And, you know, yeah. um, people, people embrace that whole singledom thing. I really didn't embrace it all that much because I consider myself a little bit, I don't know, I just consider myself kind of boring. I, 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 I am the type that likes to have like a home and a family and like, I don't know, I've always, I've always been like that. And I've, I've, I've always had like one relationship at a time. I've never been the quote unquote player, you know, if you will. And, um, so I didn't really 
embrace that whole single dumb thing like oh i'm free now let's you know girls trip to vegas and what happens in vegas stays in vegas and that just wasn't my style you know so i was kind of um i was kind of like searching a little too hard too because i think part of it now having gone through a ton of therapy and um and just experience and analyzing it in hindsight i think now a lot of it for me was just I had to replace the the broken piece, you know. Yeah. And so I think as the quicker I, I replaced it, the the quicker on track I would get. And so I felt like I was off track by getting divorced at like 42 and, you know, um, hitting this huge bump in the road that wasn't planned. And so part of it was that. Yeah. And then um, the other part for me that I was... I noticed that like I was trying too hard was just that whole sense, like you said, feeling like I failed and I wanted to erase that feeling so badly, you know? Yeah. Um, And then my ex moved on right away, which some, some people do. And, um, you know, at the time I could say now good for him, you know, and um, whatever that was awesome that he could do that, you know, but at the time I have to say that, it really affected me because of course. he got married. He got remarried like six months after we got divorced. That's yeah, like a and it took the heart, right? Yeah, it took us a year to get divorced. And the only reason why it took us a year was just technicality. It wasn't like we were arguing or anything. It was right. in, the, in the beginning, we did have some back and forth. And then, you know, it was all settled and done. And by the time we signed off and, you know, everything was finalized, it was it was about a month shy of a year, you yeah. know? So, um, six months after that, like six months after our divorce was final. So basically a year and a half, a year and five months later, you know, after choosing to end our 20 year relationship, he's remarried. Yeah. And so part of me was like, what, you know, <laughs> part of me was like, I was, I have to, I have to admit whether it was good for him or it worked out or obviously it didn't because he's since divorced again, but so, like, for me, though, I was like, why does he get to move on and I don't? Of course. You know, Angie, I heard an yeah. analogy about um, kids playing with toys. You know, if, if a kid has a toy in one room and he's playing with it and he walks in the other room, leaves that toy behind, and you take that toy away and he comes back to that room, chances are he's not going to come looking for that toy or will, won't even know you you took it from him, Right. Right. But if, if, if while the kid's playing with that toy, you rip it out of his hands and say, you can't have this, the kid's going to go berserk, go crying and, and you know, go nuts, right? Because you took something away that he's giving his attention to. It's not the fact right. that in both cases, the result is the same. He doesn't have the toy, right? But in the first case, it was taken and he had no emotional attachment to it. In the second case, he had this emotional attachment to the toy that you just ripped out. And I think that's a huge, you know, eye opener for me from a relationship standpoint is you know, when people get broken up with or when someone is dumped or however you want to frame it, you know, there is that connection that you have to that relationship that, you know, beyond the relation, beyond the relationship you have with that person, you have a relationship with the relationship. You know, you have this vision right. in your mind of how you wanted things to go. And that right. unhealthy attachment to your expectations of that relationship. I know we've had this conversation many times in the past about shifting your expectations, not to expect a lot. 
out of life, out of people, you know, if you can adjust your expectations, you set yourself up for, for you know, not being disappointed as often, you know? Um, right, right. But I, I think that, that, you know, when, when you, I had, I've dealt with this many times in my life where, you know, a, a relationship ends or something that you really wanted ends and you have this grieving period because that's what you wanted. I think the quicker we can get past that point of, of, of mourning that relationship or attaching ourselves to that relationship, the quicker we heal and are ready to move on for what's, what's next for us, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. I agree with you totally. Yeah. And I'll also say this too. Um, One more thing on that, Angie, you know, I think I held a lot of guilt about whether I can blame my ex-wife for a lot of things or any of the relationships that ended, I could blame them for many things. But I think there was also a lot of me that that I had to heal myself, and there was stuff that I had to to um, to be better at to really be ready for that that next stage of the relationship. And and you know, no matter how much you can point fingers at somebody else, there's always some healing you have to do internally. That includes that separating yourself from that relationship. Just because a relationship ends, though, it doesn't mean that it's a complete failure for you. You have to forgive yourself. You have to sometimes just things run its course chapters end, things end and that's okay that relationship served you for that point in your life up to that point and you take the good out of it what you got out of it you know in both of our cases we had kids that came out of our marriage and that's right. a beautiful thing and beyond the kids you know all the experiences and all the growth and everything else you went through many times there's so many lessons yeah. that that our relationships teach us and we forget those lessons because we're so angry at the fact that it ended it um sometimes it's just the start of a new chapter you know i think that takes time too i think that obviously when something is fresh and new and raw it's like it's much more difficult to fathom like okay we're both talking from way in the future you know and somebody might be somebody might be listening to this and they're actually still in their relationship or their marriage that they're contemplating like ending or leaving or whatever. And they, they can't even fathom like the concept that we're talking about where you're going to get to a point in your life where you look back on it and take all, cause I, I am at that point like you, you know, obviously I have my son. And so that is a great byproduct of my relationship um and i have all the memories like you said all that there is a there's a ton of good stuff i mean i literally at the time married my best friend and we had a really good run i think 18 years is great i'm sure we can subtract some of the bad years at the end but you know i really take it as a positive learning thing because there's nothing else you can do i mean if you sit there and you harbor the resentment and stuff forever then you're going to be attached to that forever That's you know right. yeah and so at some point you have to heal and you might have the scar forever but it's no longer open wound and you move on and you look back at it every once in a while and you're like oh yeah this scar right here i got it because you know i was whatever and so that's part of i think just moving forward you know yeah, no doubt about it. And like you said, it's a lot easier to do with, you know, several years of Christian between the end of a relationship and now. Uh, it's easy to kind of look back yeah. and, and be philosophical about it when you're going through it. It hurts like the devil. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think the quicker you can get to that place where you do detach yourself emotionally from the, the ending of the relationship, the quicker you can learn the lesson and you can heal from that and be ready again for what life has to throw you away. Yeah, I totally agree. So I want to talk about 
or I want you to talk about. I remember we had a conversation and I remember it so vividly. We had, and you probably called me for business that day too. And we just talked about it for about 30 seconds and then moved on to, moved on to our lives. That was a pattern. I remember, I even remember I was drinking red wine, which I'm sure was Pinot Noir because that's what I drink. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sitting outside on my back terrace and I'm on the phone with you and I have a glass of wine in my hand and it was actually the weather was cool in Miami. So I remember that. Um, and you and I were talking about people that we had in our lives at the time that had been in our lives for a little while and in like in a particular incarnation, right? A friend. So you were telling me about a friend that you had um, for a while now. It was a person that you, I think, worked with in the past. So they were a colleague at some point and and then they became a friend because Jeremy can't have a person that he knows and not become a friend with. <laughs> but that's one of your qualities. That's one of your qualities. So I think you worked with her and then you guys were friends for a long time. Yeah. And you were telling me about her that night and how you, I think I actually caught it on like the beginning cusp of where your friendship was turning into something romantic. Yeah. And I find I go back to that night and I think of it so pleasantly because I later met her and I became friends with her. And then much later on, we all hung out for a long period of time. We were often hanging out. We had many happy hours together. And then and then you guys like you guys actually got married like a year ago. So I want you to tell me about that friendship and you don't have to go into like major details but so when did you realize that that friend that you had was actually somebody that you had such deep feelings for yeah it's a great question and i I, i've always um held my my now wife and then friend in high regard um i'm going to start this story by saying you know i've met somebody or i've known somebody i should say for many many years uh, they to me are like this ideal couple um, for so many reasons they just kind of jive together and I had the pleasure of having dinner with them not too long ago and I, I, I asked them you know guys you know how did you eventually know that you guys were like soulmates and you know I was this is actually when I was single so it wasn't even it was a while ago we had dinner not not that long ago mm-hmm. um, and I said how do you guys know you're soulmates he goes wait 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 we're not soulmates like we are two people that love each other immensely and we are we respect each other we have a great rapport we have great chemistry but i there's been mm-hmm. people in my life that i've loved more than i love my wife and my wife has loved people more than she was than she loves me but we just have a really good dynamic together and we've chosen to spend our lives together and at, at, when i heard it at the time i was kind of like in this romantic cloud and i was like waiting for them to tell me this big you know amazing story of like angels with harps and all this sort of crap that like, you know, some people believe in, right? Right. And it was kind of a shock to me. I, I remember leaving that conversation a little disappointed. And then the more I reflected on it, the more I'm like, my God, that is like the perfect way to have a relationship. You know, I think some people put 
all of their hope in in these feelings that they have for somebody or this idea of a soulmate. I think you know ultimately your soulmate becomes someone who you love and respect and you're compatible with it and you choose to share your life together with. So I kind of say that because I, I would think that that I think that describes the woman that I love and I'm married to now. Um, you know, we were friends. We we actually met very shortly after I got separated. Um, almost immediately after I got separated, I started working at the same hotel as her as the separation was happening um, for my ex-wife. And so I knew her first as a friend and we became really good friends. I would, you know, I knew all the people she was dating and I would be, you know, her shoulder to cry on when things didn't work out right? and vice versa. So, we were, you know, beyond giving each other relationship advice, we would just hang out. You know, we had many mutual right. friends um, and I always held her again in high regard. So, um, I remember one time, it was probably about five years after meeting her, we had finally, I had thought at least, we had finally both, you know, removed ourselves from entanglements. We, I wasn't dating anybody, she wasn't dating anybody. She was working at a hotel in Puerto Rico and she went there for like two months to open it because it was, it was uh, reopening. And so she came back after her two month trip and knowing that she wasn't dating anybody, I, I, we shared a common office because I was working for the same hotel company. I walked in her office with the intention mm-hmm of asking her out. And, you know, finally after five years of friendship, we were both single and I was gonna, you know, forget about going out for lunch as friends, let's go out to dinner as, as and see if this thing can work. And I sit down with her, I ask her about our trip and how things went and she tells me, I can't wait to tell you about the guy that I met. And I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> great. Yeah, tell me all about right. him. You know, so we, we always had that kind of relationship and I was kind of ready to take it to the next level because you know, again, I did hold her in high regard. I found her wildly attractive. I was just very attracted to her. Um, and I figured, let's let's mm. give this thing a shot. Anyway, uh, it didn't work out then. She ended up getting married to this guy. I joked that this past marriage that I got married to her, my second marriage that I went to with my current wife. So, you know, life works in, in kind of funny <laughs> ways. I went to her marriage to this guy. Um, all of her friends kind of knew this probably wasn't the right guy for her, but she was in love and she went right. it anyway. Um, and she ended up getting divorced probably about a year or so after she married him. Um, she was with child at the time. And so right. um, she had her baby. She pretty much went through her pregnancy single. Um, and through that whole time, we just remained really good friends. I would, we'd go out regularly for lunch and just chat and talk about business. We're in the same industry together. So we always kept yeah. that connection. Um, and meanwhile, I was, you know, I started dating again too. She, she obviously got married. I started dating a few other girls. Um, the last relationship, she had gotten divorced now, this fast forward, she got divorced, she had her baby, I started dating somebody who I kind of had pinned high hopes on it working out, I was getting tired of the dating scene, I was at the time, right. uh, like late 30s, I was probably 38 or 39 years old, and I'm like, look, I'm ready, let's, let's, let's do this thing. And I had this, I started dating this girl, and put a lot of effort into it, and it ended up breaking down probably about three or four months after we started. So it didn't last that long, but I had put a lot of hopes into that relationship. So that's when yeah. I finally decided, you know what, screw it. I promise you, like I am good being a single gigolo for the rest of my life. I don't need anybody. Like, <laughs> I think I'm a decent guy. I've done all the healing I need to do. Like I'm ready to, to you know, just kind of hang it up on the dating side of things. And ironically right. enough, I think that's kind of when I found that I was ready. So. Um, I, I wasn't looking to be ready. I was still healing from this relationship that I had just gotten out of when 
Um, I went to go paint my my friend's house, my current wife, she was a friend at the time. I went to go paint her apartment, she just moved. And after three days of painting the apartment and reconnecting with this friend um, and, you know, talking about all my heartache and all this other stuff and, you know, playing with her, her newborn baby, you know, I, I finally decided yeah. maybe, maybe finally this is the time. And so I remember the exact moment it happened. I was washing the paintbrushes in her sink and she was talking with one of her, uh, our other friends. And I looked around the house mm-hmm. and I, I felt this deep sense of this could be your home type thing. And I didn't mean the apartment as much wow. as I meant this, like this, this situation could be your home. Um, right. And yeah, so I, you know, one thing led to another, not to get too far into details, but we had our first kiss very shortly after that. And it was kind of like, we pumped the brakes like real quick. Like after we kissed, we were like, wait a minute. We've got like five, yeah. six years of friendship invested in this whole thing. Let's not screw it up now. Like, you know, right. one kiss isn't going to start a relationship. Let's just put our, cool our jets. And, but we continued talking and it was clear there was a mutual attraction. It was clear that there was some mutual chemistry. And anyway, long story short, we decided to date each other. And then we dated for about five years and decided to get married last year. So we've been together now for six years and married for one. So that's, wow. that's the long version of our story there, Angie. I could go into more details, but I yeah. didn't bored you enough. No, no, it's not boring at all. I find <laughs> it interesting. No, I think it's interesting. You're like, so, you know, when I go through my friends and in my head, right, and their stories, and yours stands out because I remember us being friends and you going through that initial stage of um, recognizing that your friend was actually someone that you had feelings for, and it was kind of like an aha moment, you know, kind of thing. And I just, I remembered back to that and I thought, that's kind of interesting because sometimes, you know, that does happen with people. And yeah. I think it's really, I think it's really cool that you guys were friends first and you established a really good foundation and you were able to even share stories about previous relationships that you had and everything with each other. And then all of a sudden it's like you wake up one day literally and it kind of hits you in the face and here you are married and, you know, um, you know, you share you share a life now together and like it's interesting to just think back to that so that's why i asked you about that because i thought i just recalled that being so cool you know i thought that was just such a good happy ending to a story kind of thing well i I, I think um, another thing too and y'all comment i think that you know one of the keys to the foundation of a relationship or the success of a relationship is there were very few secrets that we had from each other there was very few things that we didn't know about each other i mean granted we still had you know once we started dating there were many kings to work out between the two of us and we had to kind of iron a lot of the wrinkles out between us we both came with right you know years of baggage and broken relationships and so it wasn't easy and i'm not going to paint it that way but i think one of the things that really um prepared us to deal with it is that we were pretty we we didn't have secret corners we weren't hiding things from each other in terms of you know oh what about that person what about we knew all each other's secrets right. you know, i knew all of her ups and downs yeah. in the previous relationships and she knew mine and that basis of friendship that basis of camaraderie i think 
is huge. You know, Esther Perel, I don't know if you, I, I think I've shared her with you in the past. Um, she's an amazing author. She has two books, a podcast, yeah. and she's done some speeches you can find online, some TED Talks and things. But she's got this book called Mating in Captivity. And it talks about finding, um, you know, the, the, the balance between sexual chemistry or physical chemistry with somebody and the stability of a long-term relationship because many times those two things are not compatible you know you might have physical chemistry with someone and the sex is great and there that 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 you know you have this this emotional tension with somebody that that's dynamic but you have no characteristics for a long-term stable relationship right and then on the other right. hand you have this you know, you have people that you're super compatible with and that you have great friendship with, but there's really not that physical dynamic. There's not that chemistry. So how do you find that balance between the two? I think I've always been attracted to Tati, um, my, my wife, and I had a great amount of respect for her trying to merge those two into one and, you know, keep the keep the physical attraction alive and, and keep it fresh on a regular basis while honoring and honing the... Um, the long-term relationship aspect that was what we worked on mm -hmm. the Kings for for the first five years. You know, I, I knew eventually after we got physical with each other and we started dating, that would peter out and die down after a while because it always does in every relationship, right? Would what we had, right. would what we had as a friendship, as a base of friendship, be enough to sustain us? And could we continue to keep each other fresh and and pretty for each other could we continue to keep that physical spark going so that's really what we went through for the first five years before we decided you know what there's there's no better there than here i can go out and date right. other people if i wanted to and we can start this again but ultimately i'm gonna have to come back to the same place i am right now and make things work you know um right and right. and we did we we you know i say we do not we did because relationships are a daily a daily effort to make things work there's never a place where you ever arrive um and i think it's it's a constant um you know work in progress that you have to find the joy in that process of, of working things out on a daily basis with your partner and i think that we've we've gotten yeah. to the place where we where, where we're there we do that you know i think that's awesome that's really great so I spoke a lot. Um, Did I answer your question? Does that kind of cover what you were? <laughs> Sometimes I go on a tangent and you know me and I just go. And I'm sorry for probably nominating. Oh, I think it's awesome. You did. You did. You answered it. And I think, um, I think it was great. And I think it's awesome. And I love both of you guys. And I love you guys together. And I've known you guys. Like I said, I, I have the pleasure of knowing you at least together from the time that you started your um you know your your romantic relationship together so um and i think you guys are are awesome um and it's funny i always think of a word like i think of what word would i use to describe certain people's relationships and um I, you're going to think this is funny and I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever even told you. I, I use the word steamy when I think of you guys, because I just think, I think it's so awesome. Like, I think it could be really steamy, right? That two friends can discover that they actually are attracted to each other. So there's that. And then I, I think your, I think your wife is just very, um, she's gregarious. She's outgoing. She's beautiful. So I think steamy's appropriate in the sense that 
you know, you are an attractive person too. And you guys together are just so, I don't know, you're just so good because you have similar qualities. And so put it together and you've got times two, you know what I mean? So well, it, I always, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take that compliment and well, say getting, it's getting steamy over here because you're, you're giving me so many compliments. <laughs> I'm getting hot under the collar. And, and I'll also say this, I'll extend <laughs> that steamy part too. There's been plenty of knockdown drag out fights within our first five years because you know, both of us come oh, with yeah. so many set ways to the relationship. And I think there's, there's been, yeah. you know, beyond, I, I appreciate the compliment and I do think that she's certainly steamy and I hope to contribute to that steam as well. But I think that, <laughs> that, um, that idea of steam too, like there's been, you know, there's been a lot of work we had to do. You know, they say that, that, you know, wrinkles don't come out with, unless you got a lot of pressure and some heat, you know, like that's, that pressure yeah. and heat has been True. alive in this relationship. And I've learned to embrace that yeah. process. You know, I tell my wife all the time, like, look, we're, we're on a course to continue to set or to continue to figure things out for the rest of our lives. We're, we're never going to get there. Right. We're always going to have shit we got to work through, excuse the language. But, you know, yeah, no, when fine. we've got to embrace that process and just realize every day we're going to wake up and they're, you know, even, even if we figure everything out in our relationship, the dynamics around us are going to continue to change. And then we're going to have to figure out more stuff exactly. about how we, how we move and grow and, deal with the, the changing dynamics of, of, of our universe, right? So yeah. I think the key is to find somebody that you can latch onto and they can be by your side. I often use this analogy with her. It's like, look, we're both driving the ship. We both got to take the controls of the wheel. The minute you walk away from the wheel and I look to my co-pilot here or I'm your co-pilot and one of us isn't driving, we're abandoning the, the objective of trying to get to the, the port safely. So you got to find someone you're comfortable driving the ship with and that you both feel feel committed to staying at the wheels to try and get, get to this place you want to go. Is that too cheesy for you? Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's a great, uh, a great way of putting it. Um, I, I was, I wanted to end with three tidbits of advice or like tips. And I think that you've touched on a few, um, but like real quick, three quick things that you can think of, of um, that you would offer to someone that's starting all over again from scratch, kind of thing. Yeah. So great stuff. I would I would highly recommend educating yourself a little bit. There's probably parts of you in, in your relationship that um, you don't understand fully. I find, right. and I, I, I can't recommend her highly enough. I've already mentioned her, but if you haven't read Esther Perel's two books or listened to them on, on Audible, you're doing yourself a disservice. Listen to Mating in Captivity and listen listen to, um, uh, what's it called? The name of the book is called, um, oh, it escapes me. Look up Esther Perel. Actually, her second book, oh, the, I'm sorry, it's called The State of Affairs is what it's called. State of Affairs. Okay. It deals with people who are have been unfaithful to each other um, and it, it just has this amazing amount of insight. She's so good at not judging the mm. couples and just talking about, okay, we're here. It is what it is. Why do we get right. here? Is this relationship right. worth solving? And I say it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily be in a relationship where there's been infidelity or people have strayed outside the relationship. It just, she has an awesome way of just understanding problems in a relationship and how they got there and what do we want to do to fix them if we're even interested in fixing them how do we right. get that place so she's she's awesome like highly recommend listening to esther perel or finding her books 
Um, the other thing, if you just right. get out of a relationship, I would say be easy on yourself, forgive yourself, um, and and heal yeah. heal the places mm. that need to be healed. And that could mean looking yourself in the mirror and realizing there's some pretty ugly parts that you also brought to the relationship too that just need to some attention. You know, you don't want to. There's a great song. It's called "The Weight of Lies" by the Aver Brothers, and in it, it says, you know, uh, the weight of lies will bring you down and follow you from town to town because nothing happens there that doesn't happen here. So, wow. yeah, it's this whole idea that you know you can run from your problems, but if you think the problem was the other person, and it could have been, there could have been aspects yeah. of it that were that obviously that person brought to the table. But many times the problems are well, sure, both of you. yeah, the problems are internal too. It, it might be that that other person brought problems, but I guarantee you, you had some things you could have worked on too. And just because you think you've escaped your problems, so to speak, by leaving that relationship, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you've dealt with the problems internally. And I think that's where the biggest fight can happen. Yeah. So be gracious with yourself, but also work on yourself and figure out things that, that you need to fix about yourself. Um, and then again, I think right. the third thing, if I had a piece of advice is don't rush to the next step. You know, when I was ready for right. the next relationship was when I was not ready. When I, when I didn't want a relationship is when I finally was ready a relationship i spent so much time time trying to fit square pegs into round holes and it frustrated me and when i kind of let myself go and just didn't push so hard is when i finally kind of found that 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 peaceful place where i was ready to have a relationship that finally worked out right so this isn't a piece of advice angie sorry i'm sorry while this isn't a piece of advice it's just another thought you know again sometimes chapters just close it doesn't have to be a failure because the relationship ended it could celebrate the relationship and everything it brought to you celebrate the the even the trials and the tribulations because those times that you grow just recognize that another chapter is about to start and you've got to let go of the old chapters and turn the page in order for you to fully embrace the next chapter that awaits it's hard to see that sometimes when you're going through that um, but I think there's yeah. something to really be said for just letting the past chapter be the past chapter. You celebrate it for what it was, and now you're on to a new chapter, whether that's with somebody or without in your relationship or just by yourself. The new chapter begins, and there's so much to explore out there in this new chapter. Yeah, and I think that that's really a key to ultimately doing that whole forgiving yourself, too, for just being so harsh on yourself. You know, we carry, like you said, and and I think the analogy of the chapter is so amazing because I think until you turn that page officially, you know, you still, you focus on that hurt and you focus on what the other person did and what you did and how it went down and over and over and over again. And when you actually flip the page and you do start that new chapter, whatever it looks like, it's, um, it's a huge part of healing. Like I said, you mean you and I have experienced that. I mean, and, and I thought I remember the day that I thought I would never get to the point where I would turn that page yeah. and be okay with it. And having turned that page and started a new chapter and and moved on from there, it it's true. You know, there is I guess that whole there is light at the end of the tunnel and and to believe in that kind of keeps you going and, and keeps you healthy and you know, it's, it's a great way to, um, it's a great way to heal. So I think that those three tips were great and I appreciate them. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to share. This has been super fun. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I want to thank you for being on and I want to thank you for being honest and sharing. And um, I I think it's um, I think it's great, uh, your story again, like I said, and you were one of the people on my list that I wanted to chat with. And I really, really appreciate your time. And I'm sorry about the little glitches on our original recording. No <laughs> we finally got it. So, well, it worked out. Per perfection is the enemy of progress. So it's never going to be perfect. You just got to keep progressing. So I'm, I'm happy to be part of one of the first episodes here and, and I celebrate your new venture. So any way I can help and support, awesome. I'd be happy to do so. Awesome. Thanks again, Jeremy. And uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. I'll see you on a, on a bar somewhere near you sometime soon on top of a bar. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll be dancing on a bar before you know it after this COVID mess. I love it. Angie, be good. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Say hi to Tati, okay? Okay.